Now let's introduce our first guest this morning. We are joined now by Dr. Rosa Colquitt, Chair of the Democratic Party of Oregon Black Caucus. Dr. Colquitt, good morning. Good morning. Is it Emily? It is. You've got yeah, good morning, Emily. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing just great. Well, <laughs> Happy to be with you. Excellent. We are glad that you are with us. Tell us, what is the role of the Black Caucus in the arm of the Democratic Party of Oregon? Well, thank you very much for that question. The Black Caucus represents the political interests and views of black Democrats in the state of Oregon. We operate on the fundamental belief that black lives matter, and we recognize that racism is a threat to public health. In a historically white state and living in one of the largest predominantly white urban cities in the U.S., the Black Caucus leaders and members bring the voice, the much-needed voice of daily living experiences to assist the Democratic Party in how to conduct itself in building policies and practices that recognize both explicit and implicit bias and structural racism. In fulfilling this capacity, the overriding goal of the Black Caucus is to dismantle the organizational and group norms that foster white supremacy and racial exclusionary practices. One other point, uh, as an extension of the Democratic Party of Oregon, it is the position of the Black Caucus to work for a present and future society that respects the dignity of every black Oregonian. This includes growing Oregon-based, black-owned businesses and local economies and protecting the land, our natural environment. Uh, And by way of a quick announcement, in anticipation of election 2020, the caucus looks forward to implementing a September Black Leadership Roundtable and candidate forum in partnership with several other civil and human rights organizations. Mm, Fantastic. How long has the Black Caucus been in existence? Uh, I, as as far back as I know, Mm -hmm. which would date back to about 2008, I have been an active uh, volunteer in the Black Caucus and since about 2010, a volunteer in a leadership role so we've been we've been plugging it for a long time and do you feel like you're making progress with the mission and goals that you just shared with us indeed we do feel that uh, we've made some progress uh, in terms of having an impact on the activities of the Democratic Party and in terms of supporting and electing uh, black officials, but yet we also know that that we have a tremendous amount of work ahead and that what work we've done in the past to build on, we have even more as we go forward into 2020 and beyond. Mm. So you're, you're supporting individual candidates who might be interested in running? We support Yes, we do support individual candidates, but one of the things we don't necessarily do is we um, we don't do a lot of endorsing, but we certainly okay. support candidates by way of 
being on the ground, well, virtually now, uh, <laughs> to support their work and to support their candidacy. We support them financially. The party has a neighborhood leadership program that helps us get into the community to do canvassing. We also support with technical skills and candid and uh, voter registration information. So in that sense, yes, we are definitely supporting individual candidates. And what are some of the barriers that the Black Caucus has identified that are keeping qualified black leaders from running? That, uh, that is such a good question. In 2019, the, the Black Caucus held, uh, I mentioned we will be doing the same in 2020, mm-hmm. but we held a leadership roundtable. And one of the main issues that came up in that discussion, uh, obviously one is finances, uh, putting together enough money to run a campaign, uh, being able to pay and support campaign staff, mm-hmm. and also uh, just being able to uh, work, be a full-time worker or a family member or supporting the family, all of those things sometimes make it difficult to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you, the Black Caucus is also supporting the legislative agenda of the Democratic Party of Oregon? Yes, we do. And how are, what are your reflections on the special session last week? We thought it went well. We, we thought that, the, that for the two days that it was in session, and the specific uh, outline of activities that they wanted to accomplish, we felt it went very well, particularly with moving forward with some of the police reforms. Did those reforms go far enough from your perspective? Probably, <laughs> probably not uh, far enough, but it's a start and it's progress. Ah, absolutely. Um, and what are your... Um, thoughts about the Democratic National Convention that's coming up in August. You and um, Travis Nelson are now the co-chairs of the Oregon delegation after Senators Ron Wyden and Jeff Merkley stepped aside. So you'll be playing a leadership role. What do we know about the the National Convention at this point? Well, we know uh, know quite a bit at this point. And I'm going to try and not use too many acronyms, not assuming that our listeners know all the, the acronyms that we use in our Democratic Party and in our caucuses and in our work groups. But the Democratic National Convention, that would be the, the DNCC, the convention committee announced plans last week to hold a virtual convention that protects public health and engages and unites uh, more Americans than we could possibly uh, pragmatically attend an on-site convention in Wisconsin. And by doing this convention virtually, we're doing so without facing the coronavirus pandemic. Mm -hmm. And as convention co-chair, I know I speak for many when I express relief and gratitude to a political party that prioritizes life over adoring, shouting crowds. (laughs) Delegates will be staying home safely while Vice President Biden accepts the Democratic nomination in Milwaukee, but we will be 100% totally engaged in our states and in our counties and in our parties with uh, convention activities. 
Yeah, that that I'm sure is a huge relief. As and is this your first convention? No, this isn't my first. This will be my third. I attended as a uh, delegate for Secretary Clinton in 2012 and uh, in 2016 and in uh, 2012 for President Obama. Okay, okay. And so during a convention, there are, of course, the things that those of us who aren't there are able to watch on television, the speeches, the rallies. Um, and then there's a lot of behind-the-scenes meetings with, with candidates. The Oregon delegation would be meeting. Um, what, it, what does a typical convention look like for those who've never attended? And then we can talk about how that might change this year. That, that is a really great question. I uh, wrote, I actually did an essay when I returned home after 2012, Mm -hmm. and there are lots and lots of meetings. One of the most exciting for me in terms of of acquiring skills and gaining new networks was I had an opportunity to meet with with a national congressional black caucus, uh, and all of the caucuses meet the uh, Asian American Caucus, uh, Islander Pacific Islander Caucus, the Stonewall Caucus meets all of the varying caucuses. Hispanic meet, and so you have this opportunity to understand how the work that we are attempting to do in Oregon is impacted and supported by what happens at a national level. So the the meetings are just tremendous. The opportunity to hear speakers from every state uh, each night, the opportunity to hear the details on the platform that the Democratic Party has developed and will be operating on for the next four years until the next presidential election. Uh, And this may not be necessarily a learning opportunity, but there are lots of uh, great breakfasts. You start out in the morning at 7, kind of like we did today Uh with this interview, to get your uh, your floor credentials. You have to have credentials to go onto the floor, and so you get those at breakfast around 7. And uh, it's busy. It's busy from 6 in the morning until probably close to midnight at night, so it's very busy and exhausting. Uh, there are meetings throughout the day, and it's just, um, if I had to describe it in one word, I would simply say dazzling. Hmm, dazzling. I love yes, that. Yes, I would. So you've found your experiences at the DNC convention inspiring? Absolutely inspiring. And so this year, the assumption will be that just everything will be shifted to online, right? Yes, it will be. But uh, it, there will still be the same opportunities, the same learning and engagement opportunities. And I noticed yesterday when I was reading some of the convention materials, they're coming out daily. There is an opportunity to go online and to to make a short video. I think you have to keep it under two minutes in the data that I read yesterday. But uh, you can make a a two-minute video, and that video, if I make it here in Oregon, it will be shown nationally, and so I'm getting to meet folks, and they're getting to meet uh, the delegates and and, uh, the Democrats in Oregon. So there's going to be a lot of interaction and a lot of engagement. 
Oh, that sounds that sounds exciting. I would love to hear a little bit about your journey, being involved in the party, being involved as a as an engaged community member. How did you get your start in um, more active political engagement? I started. Uh, thank you for that question as well. I started over in uh, Washington County as a. Uh, the first elected level official, the precinct committee person, mm-hmm. and what was encouraging and activating for me in that experience was that I participated in what we call the neighborhood leadership program, an opportunity to uh, engage to register voters and also to engage in door-to-door activity, encouraging people to vote and helping others to understand various ballot initiatives. So I literally started at the ground uh, to understand what happens there. And then I took a position, a volunteer position, in the uh, as an officer in the Washington County Dems. And later I ran and was elected chair. And in doing those uh, activities, you automatically are engaging with the party at the state level. Mm. And there I uh, began some work on the Credentials Committee, the Budget Committee. So I really literally learned the entire landscape of the Democratic Party. And I think that's essential to understanding really how it works as a political party. And not just understanding, but appreciating the depth of the work and the necessity to uh, engage with others, to learn the system, Mm -hmm. and to effectively contribute to it. And with that involvement from a precinct committee person to chair of Washington County, now the chair of the Black Caucus, are you feeling hopeful and encouraged about the state of the Democratic Party? Yes, I am feeling uh, hopeful about it. But uh, I temper that hope with uh, realistic uh, concerns as well. Mm. The uh, Democratic Party has as I said earlier, has made a lot of progress. Mm. But I also recognize within that progress that there's a lot of work for the party to do with regard to true inclusion of people of color, in particular in particular, true inclusion of black Oregonians. Mm. I, part of it is that the, the population is small, and uh, I'm still working to recruit and bring people in who don't necessarily feel that their voice is always reflected. And so in that respect, we have work to do. And I think uh, having what I describe, I learned this from uh, former New York Congresswoman uh, Shirley, Shirley Chisholm. I think we all learned from her that it's one thing to come to the party to work and to volunteer to learn and to contribute and to engage, but it's it's a different thing to have what um, Congresswoman Chisholm described as a seat at the table, a real voice at the table, where the, my concerns and the concerns of my community and of my family are reflected in the values and the activities and the decision-making of the Democratic Party. So, yes, there is progress, but, yes, there is much, much tremendous work ahead. Mm. 
And what are your thoughts for our listeners who might want to support the Black Caucus in making that happen, helping to ensure that there are more black Oregonians involved in the Democratic Party? How can our listeners support you? Uh, our li- uh, the listeners, I really appreciate <laughs> you giving me an opportunity to answer that question. Mm-hmm. The first thing is uh, engaging with the caucus, understanding what we're trying to accomplish, how and why what the work that we do impacts the lives of every black Oregonian. And one of the most important ways for that to occur is that one has to get involved, uh, one has to engage, and then uh, in that sense you understand the importance, how you can contribute, what you can learn, and the impact not only on the uh, the black um, uh, community in Oregon, but how what we do and what we accomplish impacts Oregon overall, and there is indeed a great impact. But first things first, we do have to get involved. I strongly encourage that. Not only is it engaging, at moments it's very exciting and gratifying. And we need, we need folks, we need everybody to be involved. And we do want to hear those voices. We want those voices represented. And uh, folks are real smart. I genuinely mean that. They have a lot to offer. We will offer a real seat at the table, which means your voice will be heard and your voice does matter. Black lives matter. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rosa Colquitt, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I thank you for the opportunity. The Black Caucus thanks you for the opportunity. And uh, we love uh, X-Ray. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to speaking with you again really soon. Thank you, Emily. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Rosa Colquitt, chair of the Democratic Party of Oregon Black Caucus. You're listening to X-Ray. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.